Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, and JC. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Dubs, your one-stop destination for footy news and dubs. Yeah, that's Amy Walsh. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Uh, James, we're recording. Jimmy is uh, not answering, so he'll jump on. So why don't we start? No, Jimmy's no, not going to make he's it. He's not coming. Oh, he see, bailed. I missed shit. He's got a meeting, really important oh, meeting. Okay. Presumably, it is for the Canadian soccer general secretary position. Ooh. I'm just Presumably. completely speculating a line there. Um, but hey, why not? That was the news last night or late this af- yesterday afternoon. Earl Cochrane, the latest victim of... What can we call this whole thing? When we look back on this whole era of Canadian soccer, we've got to put something gate to it, right? What, what can Ooh. it be? Gender gate? No, because it's more than just gender gate. Um, mediocrity gate? Mediocrity gate. That's not Ooh. bad. But you have to spell mediocrity oh, gate. Oh, good one. Oh, that's up really thing. good. Yeah, because it is the way they've handled it. I've never seen such lack of professionalism, even accepting jobs. Like, I have no idea what their process is. I've read some of it, but to elevate people into new positions, it seems like it's all been written to curry, not transition, but just ease of, hey, we got someone else here. (laughs) They're next to make a decision. And you're like, okay, I get that, but there's no real, hey, let's find someone really strong. Let's put them in a position for growth transparency across the board. I've never seen anything like that. And maybe this is my naivete about Canadian sports organize national sports organizations. This is ridiculous, right? This is a ridiculous thing. Now, now Earl was hired, was it last June, I think. Now, obviously he'd been involved in, in the association for some time, but I think he was on a hiding to nothing. He kind of fell into this job um, and then this, you know, this tsunami of whatever it is, mediocrity gate, just uh, can consume the association. So I don't know who's in charge at that point. I'm not sure. I remember speaking to Nick Bontis like well before they hired Earl. And he was saying, we got like a list of like hundreds of applications from around the world, some really big names. 
in nine month global search for talent. Yeah. And then they hire from within in the end. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not saying I wasn't qualified for the job, but it's just, again, it's this bravado presented by the association. Yeah, we're doing this and doing this. And then they just, you know, hire from within once again. I, I do wonder what the next step is. And, you know, May is when the, the elections are. Who knows if Charmaine Crooks will run for re-election? Who knows? Because she doesn't talk, doesn't speak, mm-hmm. through, aside through you know, printed statements. Um, so who's going to make that decision? What does a board even look like at the end of that? It really is an interesting time, I think. Yeah, and I think with all, all of the, you know, the, the shakeup at the leadership level, so it's not only Earl now who's, who's resigned or is gone, so there's a changing of the guard or it hasn't really taken full shape yet because Charmaine's the interim president, but Bontis is gone. Earl's gone. Sandra Gage, who is apparently the chief of marketing, no marketing was ever really done in my mind. And then Richard Scott is gone after a really long tenure. So there's a shakeup at the top, but now who's leading the charge here? So I think there needs to be change as well at the board level, but there can't be any change affected there until the leadership has gone through this changing of the guard. So, you know, to your point, <laughs> Harry Maguire, <laughs> do you, do you, what Charms name is, is Harry Maguire. To your point, Charms, <laughs> like who's, who's leading the charge here? I don't know. You know, and the and I actually just did a, a quick uh, word search. I did an antonym for visionary because that would be the appropriate name for, you know, whatever gate it is that the that the CSA is going through now. You know, so is it myopic gate? Is it short sighted gate? Right. <laughs> it's just the opposite of a visionary, because that's that's really what this this federation and this association needs. It needs a complete revamp. It needs a n- whole new vision. Um, so we've talked about it ad nauseum on this pod so that, you know, finally the, the, the association, the board, the people who are driving all of this can keep pace to what's happening on the pitch and, and the way that that's progressed because it's just lagged behind and it's so frustrating to see again and again. But, but uh, just, just to finish off, it's interesting in Bruce Arthur's article that the, the last push, even though Earl was under performance review or his annual performance review, that the push comes from Charmaine and from vice chair um, Kelly Brown, um, you know, but then we'll see. And the timing is, is also interesting because it's an advance of, of the AGM when Rob Newman is running against Charmaine was uh, uh, allegedly the player support is for Rob Newman. So we'll see where that or see what happens there. What is Rob Newman's background? I'm not really sure. I think he was involved in BC soccer and I think he threw his hat in the ring uh, prior to Victor being elected uh, president and he lost to Victor. I don't know much about him, but I I think there the messaging is um, not necessarily about the individual, but that it's not Charmaine. But there's only one at this point, one candidate running against Charmaine. I believe so. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, what, what is more important though, that the president or is it the general secretary who essentially is running the business? side of this this operation to me it's it's a general secretary you've got to get that person they're a professional right as we know as we've been told a couple of times you don't get paid to be a president at canada soccer mm-hmm. unless they change everything which maybe they should um well, the most important job is that general secretary right and and that is when you can if you have the money which they haven't got apparently you can hire the right person with, with a business background a marketing background mm-hmm. i don't think you want another sports um administrator in that position, you need someone with real foresight and strength of character and someone that's prepared to stand up and be the face of the organization, I think. Because right now, like I said, I don't know. There isn't a face, right? There isn't. I would love to have seen at some point a press conference called with Charmaine Crooks and, and the leadership group now and say, okay, this is what's happening. Give us some clarity. Give us some transparency. This is Whether they're running or not in, in May is kind of irrelevant. Just this, this is what's happening right now because – no one knows what the hell is happening at the moment. Although it was refreshing, I thought, to have another, another reporter be the, um, the conduit of the information. It's been Rick for, for the longest time. Now it's Bruce Arthur breaking this story. <laughs> I think it was Bruce, wasn't it? Yep, I think so, because even in Rick's article, he gave credit to, to Bruce for breaking it first, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Amy Walsh. She was <laughs> teasing us on the dark web. 
<laughs> hey, no. something's happening. I don't know what, <laughs> but something's happening. It was very all cryptic, nebulous and cryptic. I was like, what is she doing to us? <laughs> Maybe it's same old, same old gate. Oh, God. Yeah. If you want to see Amy Walsh go apoplectic, is that the word? Yes, it is. That would, if it's same old gate, mm-hmm. Amy and Craig and Jimmy are going to lose their shit. If it's the exact same thing yeah, in a year it, from now. If it's the same old gate, it's one of those rusty iron gates, you know, that's like <laughs> hanging on a thread and you need a tetanus shot after opening it. That's the gate we're talking about. That right? is the gate. These yeah. are not the Shankly gates at Anfield. No, 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 no. No These are the ones that, that squeak <laughs> into a graveyard. Those gates. Yeah. You can throw like two cans of WD-40 on that shit and nothing's helping it out. <laughs> What I found interesting, Craig, I mean, in the article from Bruce Arthur, so I'm not quite sure what to make of it. He says, um, he quoted Earl Cochran saying, I'm proud of the work <laughs> that I did to get the place I am right now, but I'm equally proud of where I'm going to go. And then he says, he cited the push toward pay equity between the national teams. The men's team has not agreed to absolute pay equity and a previously proposed proportionality equal pay equity instead. Now, I, I don't know if that was coming from Earl or that was just from Bruce Arthur, and probably I'm reading it wrong here, because the men's team has not agreed to absolute pay equity is a huge statement, right, at this point, given what we've been led to believe from the various sides. Well, pay equity has been pushed by Earl Cochran and the former president, but in reality, the men are not happy with the exact pay equity right across the board, and that is uh, definitely an issue at the moment. And that's probably one of the reasons why it's yet to be signed this deal, correct? Oh, for sure. I thought that was interesting, though. That was like Earl's, the way I read it is that it's not Bruce Arthur inferring that. It's Earl's statement to Bruce Arthur. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, okay, I'm leaving, well, <laughs> grenade shot, right? Because yeah. even if that was well known on the inside, I think the optics of that are are quite poor, you know, and then it serves the Federation well or the association because Charms, you, you made a good point. You noted that in Canada Soccer's own statement, they referred to themselves as the Federation. So maybe that's a rebrand of sorts on, on, on their end. Um, but yeah, I, the optics of that are, are not good because then, you know, it, it, it supposes or it leads you to believe that there's there's infighting, there's issues that the players still haven't reckoned with, that they haven't sorted out prior to coming to the table jointly. Because, I mean, that's that, that's a that's a pretty significant one to not be on the same page. But Yeah. I, I would love for Earl to, to go down swinging and say, okay, you know what? I'm leaving on my terms. I can't deal with this shit anymore. And here's the truth of the matter. Here's what's actually out there. Because may- maybe he has, he's done. Maybe he's done with sports. I don't think he is. I mean, listen. I think Earl's got a reputation that's strong enough to get a job in, in soccer in, in North America. Still, he's you know been in MLS before, obviously. Um, I'd love him to come out and just just you know lay on the line. This is a situation. Here's where we at. Now I'm sure there's clauses and contracts that won't allow that. But I'm just saying, someone anyway, someone to go. You know, I'm done with this freaking gong show. Here's a situation. See you later. It'd be so refreshing, wouldn't it, for someone? Yeah. It, it, I think it'd be surprising given sort of the, you know, you're talking about Charmaine and you don't ever really hear from her. The communication is sparse at, at best. And actually, Diana and um, Rob and Gail were at the, you know, the, the Women's World Cup um, starting in three months. And then the trophy made its way through Toronto and, and Diana and Robin were there. And um, Charmaine was at a podium speaking. It, w- it would have been interesting to actually hear her voice and <laughs> hear what it she been, has to it? say. It would have been great. Yeah. So it, it would be interesting to, to see these, you know, the, these people who, you know, publicly, you know, they have these titles, but to, to hear their voices and to see some personality and to, and to see what they're all about. Um, so even if Earl is now on, on he's, he's gone, he's not there anymore, but it, it would be interesting for me at least to hear his opinion on matters you know not mm-hmm. really muzzled by the association well listen i mean it's, it's uh the women were calling for leadership change and reform well there's been leadership change <laughs> they got they got that president gone general secretary gone like i mentioned the the, the marketing head gone um director of communications gone 
don't know who's remaining there. It's like, you know, you walk into the CSA offices now and it's like, <laughs> you know, just dust balls and tumbleweeds. Yeah, exactly. Like it I was know. before. <laughs> well, it was before as well. They're all overworked. <laughs> Let's be honest. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. You know, but, you know, Craig, I don't know if you heard about this, um, you know, talking about football administration. It can be done properly, right? I don't know if you heard the latest from UEFA and their new football board. Did you hear about this? No. All right. This is great. And, and maybe you can be part of this. So let me just read the story. Um, Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, and Gareth Bale are among a host of football legends and icons who attend the meeting of UEFA at UEFA's new headquarters in Neon, Switzerland, for this new UEFA football board. Mm-hmm. Right? Other attendees will include Zinedine Zidane, Paolo Maldini, Luis Figo, Patrick Vieira, Gareth Southgate, Rio Ferdinand, and Ronald Koeman, as well as a host of other former players. Any women? Quote, Estella, not yet. Mm-hmm. No, can't see any here. Quote, a stellar lineup of former football stars and elite coaches will assemble at the European House of Football on Monday, April 24th for the inaugural meeting of the UEFA Football Board, the governing body said in a statement. This eminent advisory board approved by the UEFA Executive Committee at its last meeting in Lisbon earlier this month is designed to give an institutional yet independent voice of experience and expertise on fundamental football-related topics including the laws of the game, refereeing, match calendar, elite youth development, and players' well-being. It's an excuse to hang out with famous footballers, isn't it, for UEFA? Another committee, another board. How many can there be to have bureaucracy? Jesus Christ. Craig, Amy, get your names in there. Well, I can't get my name in. Apparently, you have to have a penis to take part. <laughs> maybe, they'll, maybe they'll have advice, too, on, like... Um, testicular cancer and prostate exams. Maybe that'll come out of there. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, I just, I just laugh when I read about another committee or board being formed by the governing bodies. I mean, how many do you need, Craig? It's, it's kind of crazy. And, and what perspective can really superstar footballers really give that that a regular journeyman couldn't give? Uh, that's a very good question. I, I would think that. It's almost impossible to answer that because I don't even know what this what this committee going to actually be used for. It's an independent voice of experience and expertise on fundamental football related topics. Yeah, that sounds great. It's a junket. Yeah, yeah, and even more. What's Ronaldo going to give you? Well, on my gold plated plane and toilet. Uh, like no, no, no. Ronaldo's not there. Oh, sorry, but. I mean, I'm just throwing out some names. Yeah, exactly. Well, precisely. You know, talking about grassroots football and the struggles of the lower league teams and players and calendars, and yeah, I'm sure that Zinedine Zidane um, will have a lot to say about that. I tell you, it's just like it's an excuse to hang out and happy Friday, everybody! The best <laughs> Friday ever for Footy Prime. All positive. <laughs> well, I know things get better. Okay, how about um, what can we talk about? Oh, um, Harry Maguire had a good game, and David de Gea for United got smashed by Sevilla three 0 in the Europa League. They're out. That I just was, feel uh, sorry for Harry Maguire. That was something special, wasn't it? De Gea would have uh, taken most of that flack, I think. Otherwise, Harry Maguire will. He's the usual punch bag, but De Gea was definitely off for sure. I mean, De Gea this week was rumored to be on the brink of signing a brand new contract. And then he, he lets in two goals. One in particular was just horrendous, right? The giveaway. But United out of the Europa League. But they have the FA Cup semi final coming up this weekend against uh, Brighton. Mm. Um, what would you. Let me ask you this. What, what's more important to a to a top-flight footballer, Europa League or FA Cup? Hmm, good question. That is a good question, actually. Yeah. It all depends, I guess, on where the club sits, but the FA Cup's a big deal. Big, big deal. I mean, but if European you're competition is, well, to now nah, European competition, they would have wanted to win the Europa League. But i got to say, when you look at the atmosphere compared to Old Trafford, Sevilla was absolutely on fire. Not just the end zones, everything. Everywhere in that stadium, everybody was on their feet singing, chanting. It was absolutely electric. So much so, Craig, that the camera was bouncing. Mm-hmm. Like it could like they couldn't keep it still. It was just 
just a little bit of this every time they were jumping up and down. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. If you're, if you're in those stands and you see the camera, that's kind of bumping and bouncing. You're a bit like, I mean, are we going to go through the floor here? A little bit concerning. I mean, shouldn't it be made out of concrete and concrete shouldn't be flexible, not too flexible. Any, uh, any civil engineers there? (laughs) (laughs) Amy, surely you've got a background somewhere in that. You must be some architecture, something. No, no. But I want to. I want to go back to your question about the Europa Cup or or the FA Cup. I think if you're, the FA Cup does have a lot of clout and a lot of meaning for these these Premier League teams. But I think if you're a team like United and you're desperate for kind of that that recognition in Europe, I think it has to be the Europa Cup. But I mean, but really, if you want some silverware, it's it's whatever is within reach. So for them, it might be beating Brighton. It also gives you that, that Champions League berth, right? If you win the Europa League, which now United's in, well, listen, they look in pretty good shape to finish top four anyway, but it'd be, you know, added security, I suppose, in that regard. But yeah, I mean, I love the FA Cup. I always have. It's amazing. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things nowadays, to attract other players from around Europe, you know, being Europa League champions does carry with it, I think, some some cadence. But uh, still, Brighton and United should be a really interesting game this weekend. And as should City, Sheffield United, who are on the brink of qualifying for promotion. Craig, you gave me a thumbs up there. All I see is your peak of your hat. It's very disconcerting. There's <laughs> there always, is. Like, it, you can hear his, he's moving his little microphone around a lot. The peak of his hat is showing because he has, I think, the phone straight down on all we're seeing is the ceiling and either his, his broad forehead now or the peak of his baseball cap. And I'm but, wondering, like, part of the, the internet is beautiful. Yeah, the internet's better. Except you, you keep hearing him go. <laughs> like, oh, that's the mic. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying the phone this time because the uh, my Wi-Fi, some my computer. I don't know if it's a piece of shit, but my phone works okay. But yeah. I'm getting a little bit of brushing, I guess, with the mic. My you're a bit, apologies. You're a bit, you're a bit tinny, a bit tinny, mm. but not too mm. bad though. I prefer this to the... Amy's got the same kind of microphone, right? You're going from one of those Apple mics into your computer, Ames? Yeah. And you sound fine, so you would think it'd be the same kind of structure on the Mm -hmm. iPhone. Maybe we'll take this up with Apple and uh, Apple Plus and their MLS coverage. I think what the the view is giving us of of our Craiger here is we know he's got massive amounts of potential, but now we're finally seeing his ceiling. I've hit it. I've hit the ceiling. It's so bad. I literally hit the ceiling. It's so bad. All we get to see on this show is his ceiling right now. It's really it's such. A, she is the pun. The pun monarch. The hey, monarch hey, the of way, puns. Sorry, I know there's some NBA fans on this on this show. Just uh, it reports breaking now that the Raptors have fired Nick Nurse. Wow. Yeah, oh. he didn't look happy this year. I mean, he comes out and he says, like, before some of the biggest games of the season, he says, ah, it's a long time, 10 years. Yeah. I think I want to reconsider this summer, having you know, a deep dive into my soul and think of not good timing. So it's interesting. Besides Charm, looking at it today. Charm, start off a show when you're about to quit, just like that. Yeah. You know <laughs> just what? Just tell us three like years, that. Yeah. Three years. It's a long time, you know. I, 300 I've got some and some shows. To do, and <laughs> quite honestly, I never liked you anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's more money in pies, no so I'm starting a pie podcast. Just talking about pies. Every call type it a of pie cast. Pie pie need some pie pundits. JC's my producer, by the way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Good old podcast. The pie cast. Yeah, but that's a bit of a surprise, eh? Wow. Wow. Interesting. Breaking. Very interesting. Breaking. Yeah. Breaking news. You heard it first here on Funny Private Podcast. When we download this by noon. <laughs> this is uh, the, the situation where a general manager always has a little bit longer of a leash, right? Uh, when he can fire the coaches and put the blame on him. Oh, so you're saying it's um, uh, Bobby Webster and Masai who are, well, who are the I mean, GM and the and the head of basketball operations, right? Yeah. We can yeah. only shag with the cock you got. Mm, I like that line. <laughs> should go up at, uh, it should go up at Sneaky D's bathrooms. Only shag with the cock you have. That's where I saw it. <laughs> That's where I saw it. It's like full circle to the conversation about 
your parents, Wonger. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> By the way, I think Sneaky D's no longer exists. No, it's still there. Are you sure? Yeah, I was there uh, about oh. three weeks ago, four best. weeks ago with my Do kids. they still do the best breakfast in town? They do, and affordable, like 10 bucks for a giant plate of potatoes and eggs and pancakes. Yeah. And, and like three want. in the morning, like, Amy, this is a bar mm. um, and a, a musical venue downtown Toronto. And uh, yeah, they'd be up, they'd, they'd stay open late and you go there after a piss up three in the morning and have a full fry up. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Dirty, dirty place. Their, uh, their bathrooms smell like sewers. Yeah. And you're happy to be there. You love you it. You have to use one of those bathrooms. You're just happy that, that it exists. Right. You ever go there for the bingo? <laughs> ever play bingo there? Oh, I love bingo there. <laughs> Me too. I probably saw you there at some point years ago. I a long won. time ago. So I won on five, like five straight balls for bingo. And I, you had to run up and say bingo to the guy in the corner. <laughs> so I ran right. up my car and everyone's booing me. And I'm like doing my walk, my, my walk step, like all happy. And I won a uh, Virgin Mary nightlight. <laughs> so I thought that was perfect <laughs> oh for me. It was, it was the cheesiest stuff. It's yeah, from Honest Ed's, right? Honest Ed's Warehouse. They got all this stuff from, yeah, which fantastic. is the best store in the town. Yeah. Um, when, you win Wednesday beer. night bingo. Yes. Yep. You win beer. That's right. And you win pitches of beer. And it was always a great old time. I wonder yeah. if they still do that because in yeah. England they don't they don't say bingo. Do you know what they say? House. Yeah. House. House. Did they really? Really? You got it, JC. You know why I know that? Because you went to play bingo in England. Well, I used to own a bingo hall <laughs> in England when I. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, from <laughs> from the movie Train Spotting, when his mother he goes to play bingo with his parents when he's recovering. Says, I got a house. Yes. And they're all celebrating, and he's sitting there. One of my favorite directors, Danny. Yeah. What's his Danny name? Boyle. Danny Boyle. Yeah, it's Amazing. So, so, so favorite. You don't know his name. Yep. Slumdog nah. Millionaire, though. Um, you know, I and JC and I often we will quote Train Spotting on on this show, and I I probably learned more from that movie than any other movie. Mm. My my mainlining heroin abuse well, it wasn't even up to any kind of scratch until I watched that movie. How to anyway. grab a, suppo- a suppository out of a uh, toilet? <laughs> yeah. That's always a good one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How to make your baby crawl in the ceiling. Oh, God. <laughs> that was disturbing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Speaking of bad washrooms and sneaky D's, <laughs> the worst <laughs> toilet in Scotland. Uh, um, oh, by the way, we should mention, but I'm not sure how much um, the listeners heard before we started this. We're talking about bone sores and all sorts oh. of horrible things. Uh, Dave Starkey, Starkers. Yes. We should, uh, we're dedicating today's show to Starkers, who's recovering from knee replacement surgery. Incredible. That's a beaut of an operation, too, man. They pretty much lop off your leg, don't they? They saw right through it. <laughs> Replace that knee. It's yeah, and one. they always want you to be you know, physical all your life and do all these great things. And really, what it leads to is your body breaking down. So I say, <laughs> sit on the couch. <laughs> Listen to Footy Prime. That's what I say. <laughs> or you can be like me and listen to Footy Prime when you're out walking or hiking. You're But Starkey's got to get rehabbed and get healthy so that he can get ready for his second knee replacement surgery. Yep. Wow. So, so can you my, imagine my dad had... the mindset there? Like yeah. I gotta, I gotta hurry up and get better, and then do it all over. Do again. Do it all over again, yeah. yeah. My, my dad had double replacement within a few months of each, of each other, and uh, I mean, he, he so he played rugby when he was younger, and then he stopped playing between like twenty eight and I think forty eight. Did nothing, no sports, and then played again when he moved to Canada, and he was you know two thirty, two forty, and just destroyed his knees and had the had that replacement. But my wife. Um, at the time, was a massage therapist. So straight away, she got Your right wife in at there. At the time, or that was her vocation at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she uh, in the recovery. She she was um, a therapist, so she got right in there straight away, breaking down all that scar tissue. Happy and, and the surgeon said, "Wow, the, 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 what's that? <laughs> what the oh, fuck off, Jesus Christ!" <laughs> I don't How know did why you I'm not see that coming. How did you not oh see that God. coming? It's ridiculous. Whenever I would tell my friends, oh, yeah, my, my wife or my fiance at the time, you know, she's a massage therapist. Oh, wait for the happy ending joke to come. Fucking hell. What's good for the dad is good for the son. It always comes if it's a happy ending. 
The monarch of puns. My point being, Dave Starkey, get therapy as soon as possible because it makes all the difference get in the world. Therapy. Yeah, at 1-800. Amy, you're a freaking health practitioner yourself. You're a strength and mobility something or other, for Christ's sakes. You I shouldn't know. be going down this path. Should be supporting my. Why do you think she's smiling all the time? I was, I was trying to avoid all the <laughs> implicit, like I don't know, jokes with your rigid big toe. I'm like trying to be serious about sending you stuff to do, and I'm like, my god. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really happy that Jimmy's not on this podcast in certain days, and this would be one of them. No, I know. He, he would very much embrace this line of conversation. But Starkey, like, there's there's nobody better for. For a footy prime fan and we've got lots and yeah, starts is always there mm-hmm. even my posts that get like no love and he's like i love you amy i'm like Sorry. <laughs> he's and best. to any other listeners if you want some some love on this show get some surgery get operated on <laughs> and we're happy to uh give you a shout out okay so no matter what it is let us know um hey you see the canadian championship last night pacific exciting it was yeah Beating Cavalry, six, I think six four wasn't it on penalties? Regardless, they won so. on penalties. Pacific Regardless, starting- James Merriman is now following Amy Walsh, and she got a tingle. Woo-hoo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Amy Walsh got a tingle somewhere <laughs> on her body. So, <laughs> so did I. I. <laughs> right? Yeah. Handsome <laughs> man. Isn't he handsome? Is he the most handsome football coach, do you think? I mean, there's older coaches who are very elegant and, and suave, like Jose Mourinho. Some would say, hey, he's a handsome older man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no qualifiers, just handsome. Just handsome. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep, and, and now we've got a, a, a West Coast derby, as it were, right? Rovers against Pacific. That's right, which is what we were kind of talking about, weren't we? I think Wonga mentioned that in the last podcast. I did. I, you know, and I just, I just find these. They called it a derby. I did. <laughs> because, that's, because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> right. And like a roller should, derby. Yeah. You should, uh, you should uh, pronounce things the way they're spelled. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> we've been doing that. <laughs> but I do think it's amazing that these, if we can, if these things start off, especially organically, fairly all that and then all of a sudden they're a thing that is the best marketing you can ever do because the tss rovers the support they got and i was watching the highlights of the pacific game last night um there were lots of people losing their shit after they won in penalties right like i mean in extra time and the kicks i just thought it was amazing like it's great to see that happen organically especially Mm -hmm. i can't believe the crowd i mean for the Rovers game that's outstanding Mm -hmm. yeah their supporters group are they called the Swan Guardians or do they have a number of uh, a number of supporter gr- groups? But they're I mean they're all in man like they're they're as passionate as it gets. Maybe and the CSA really should cool. hire somebody from there because that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Well, Craig, you grew up there. Uh, NASL was there right at the time. Uh, BC is a hotbed. Yeah, but BC was a like there were always great supporters, right? In for always. soccer, always yeah. the White Caps were. Yeah, they were the most popular team in Vancouver. I mean, Carl oh, Valentine, really? Carl Valentine won, you know, Vancouver Athlete of the Year, and Stan Smeal, the old Vancouver Connect player, was number two. So, you know, it was a big thing. And when they won the Soccer Bowl in '79, there was a hundred thousand people in the streets of Vancouver. Uh, the national team, even though we played at Swangard, it was <laughs> we didn't often we didn't always fill it, but. Uh, uh, there was always the best support or as good as any support in the country in BC. Yeah, there's a hot bit of an undercurrent of football fandom across the country. We know that. It's got to tap into it, that's all. Um, do you see Fraser Ed's run up for his penalty <laughs> for the Cavs? Cavalry? Mm-hmm. It must have been, I don't know, I've seen a longer run up. It was like about 10 yards outside the area. And he, he, he wasn't the best penalty, but all power and, and got under the keeper. So he, he scored, but I mean, uh, you see these little short run-ups, you know, and, and you'll piss, always piss me off, but I love a good long run-up. But this one was crazy. It was well outside the area. It was brilliant. I always <laughs> think those ones can can go wrong on you, right? Like, in, even so though you, you rehearse, yeah, you rehearse them so much and you know, these guys are practicing them all the time. But I just think there's too much there to, to go wrong. You know, you're yeah. trying to get in the goalkeeper's head, but you end up maybe getting into your own, like I, 
just just keep it simple keep it simple yeah 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 don't don't go like two feet from the ball maybe don't go 18 feet from the ball well a good what 10 yard run up not even 10 yard good five yard run up should be a couple steps there you go how easy is it to fly that ball over the over the net like harry kane did which is still like flying it's going north somewhere still but how easy is it when you've got that pressure on? And because I know you didn't do it a lot for the Canadian team. We're not bashing you. I'm saying you yeah. did tell us about all the times when you're playing in Quebec after that you were chosen and putting the ball in. How easy is it to like miss or to, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it is easier than you think to, to put it over the net, especially if you're going with power. You have to really get your body over it and, and, and strike it well and strike, strike it true. But I don't know if I've ever told my penalty shot story on, on here. So Nebraska, we were in the final eight. And there we had just brawled the week before against Texas A&M. And that was all over the news. Um, like a and, brawl brawl? Yeah. So their goalkeeper, we had a huge rivalry with Texas schools, but especially the Aggies. Okay. And you went there and it was a hostile, hostile environment. Um, and then they came to us because we were ranked higher than them in uh, in the round of, of 16. And uh, their goalie um, got uh, handled the ball outside the area and then got a red card. And as she was going off, one of our – actually, Shannon Tanaka, who's a, a Canadian – so I, I've mentioned before we were tons of Canadians on that squad, but she made like the old carding motion to her. And she, this girl for, for the Aggies was an absolute loose cannon, and she lost her shit. <laughs> and she went after Shannon and then I ran over and I tried to separate them. And then the benches cleared and all the players on the field came in and they were, the like punches were, were, were being thrown. Like it was, it was nuts. Um, and it was a miracle that we weren't suspended or more of us were suspended for the next game. So we played another game in the final eight. And then because everybody had seen those highlights, we would normally get actually a pretty good crowd, like maybe 1500 regular, maybe 2000 at each of our games in Lincoln, Nebraska. And we got 4,000 people out to that game. It was like, almost like they had an aerial shot of it. It was like field of dream stuff. Cause we were literally out in the cornfields where our training center was. And there was like a big lineup of cars to come in to get to our, the Abbott training center where we played. And I ended my college career my penalty shot was saved and I had not missed. Like it was, I, I hit it with my right foot and I, and I pushed it to the left of the goalie. Um, but I never took a penalty shot like that ever again. And I struck it well. It could have been better placed in terms of the height. Like, and Craig, you can speak to this. Like as a goalie, the easiest one to save is the one that's about waist high waist high, right? Like you put it up in the top corner, you can't get it. Or if you drive it along the ground, the the keeper has a hard time to get down to the ground to get a hand to it. And I put it kind of wet, uh, waist high and she saved it. And, and that put them into the final four. And then the next time I was with the national team, the first time we ever beat China, I was the fifth penalty shot taker. And I scored that same penalty shot, but I, I didn't push it. I didn't push it with my right foot to the right-hand side, I curled it to the lower left-hand corner. And that's the way I took all of my penalty shots after the fact. So it's interesting how these things sort of affect you, you know, but like that was a big thing for me just mentally to get over that hump. Like I'd ended my college career. It would have been the first time that Nebraska had gone to the NCAA final four. And I had to kind of deal with all of that. And then the next time was up at the penalty spot was, was for for Canada to beat China for the first time, and were you thinking it. about the uh, the Alabama penalty when you took that at that time? The no, I I wasn't. I just no. I just knew that Nebraska, I, n- yeah, <laughs> Not oh, Alabama, sorry, Nebraska. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> sorry, <Ben>. correct them, please. <laughs> <laughs> Roll Tide, go Big Red, is you know right, same yeah. difference. Yeah. No, I I wasn't. It was just in in the moment, and uh, we were in Australia and playing in this tournament, and I and I just knew I had to make it. But so I, I thought about it enough that I knew that I wasn't going in the same spot. <laughs> were you someone that would, you'd know ahead of time where you're putting that ball? Or was it like a last second, like you're on the run up, even at that point, you don't know, you go by instinct? No, it was exactly where I'd practiced it. Yeah? Yeah. And it was because with your instep. You know, what's that? It was with your instep, the, the, the missed one, or sorry, the saved one, was with your instep of your right foot? Yeah, well, it was the inside of the foot. Right. And I always usually struck them like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was going, I was curling it towards the opposite corner. I usually struck it with the inside of my foot with still some power though, not like a pass, 
I was kind of bending it to that corner. Just a little more control. Yeah. And it's when, when you're pushing it to that, you're opening your foot up, it's easy to go wide as well. Mm -hmm. Do you still wake up thinking about that mess? <laughs> no, Obviously. but my, my, my dad and my brother had come to town and like, like my, my family, you know, not, not tons of money floating around, like to get to Nebraska isn't the easiest place either to, to fly. I had to take a couple of flights and I sent my dad actually on my points and he went to Denver first and had to <laughs> send him on a milk run, but it was Just great to have them there. But back, like, I felt Amy, like I'd let them down, man. It was especially back in the seventies. It must've been taken forever. <laughs> 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 Amy, is that why that, that picture you sent of all the, the Walsh family with the Walsh shirts on pointing yeah. and you had, Matheson and your your shirt. Uh -huh. Is that why you didn't have Walsh? Because you're not considered part of the family now. Yeah, that's right. They disowned me. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that she didn't want to. No, she <laughs> had it there. It was there. No, they sorry, Amy. Let me. They're like, no, sorry. Freaking Amy, Nebraska. That all that bloody way. Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Missing goddamn penalty. Yeah. Would have been history. No daughter of mine would be missing a penalty. <laughs> Jeez, rough. All right. Uh, hey, footy picks. Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Melody. Danny Dixio, Amy Robot. All right, footy picks. All right. Um, well, it's the FA Cup this weekend. As mentioned before, there's uh, City against Sheffield United. Arsenal play later today against Southampton, so don't choose that one. All right. I think Arsenal might win. Um, and, of course, Brighton United on Sunday, I believe. Yeah. And a whole bunch of Prem games. Fulham leads. That's the early one Saturday. Brentford, Aston Villa. Uh, really interesting. Palace, Everton. Leicester, Wolves. Liverpool against Forest. Bournemouth, West Ham. Big relegation tussle there. Newcastle, Spurs on Sunday. All right, uh, Amy, do you want to start? Um, what, what's, uh, where, were you, when, where do you want to sprinkle today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sprinkling anything ever <laughs> when's uh when's villa playing they're playing on saturday that's the uh 10 a.m eastern hmm. well i like villa i was listening to another podcast sorry guys talking about uh about watkins and how prolific he's been Pretty and good. uh under mm -hmm. unai emery and how, as a coach, he's helped him to, you know, you always want your, your, your strikers to, to not be the, self, the selfless guys. I think mean, you need your strikers to be selfish and to do what they do best. And talked about um, Emery asking him to, to stay sort of within um, a, a narrower scope of the field, to stay within kind of the 18-yard box when he's making his runs, to stay more involved, to stay out of the channels. Um, and how that allowed him to be more effective. Um, anyway, sort of, sort of off track a little bit, but um, no, that's good. I he's, think he, I he think scored. I think only only Haaland has more goals in 2023 than think, Ollie Watkins. Yeah, I think does he have 11 in his last 12 matches? Yep, he does. Yeah, so I, I've been really enjoying watching watching him play. So I like I like Villa there. And what was another one? Is uh, well, Villa? Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but Villa's one plus 188 as well to win on the road. So. There's some, some good value there. Um, just quickly, sorry, going back to Watkins, you want some goal-scoring um, numbers here? Yeah, so what if we took Watkins or I took Watkins in that game to score to and score. then also Villa to win? Okay, so Watkins to score is at plus 150. Mm. Uh, to score first, plus 425. But mm. uh, to score any goal, anytime, plus 150. And then let's compare that with a, where is it? Uh, did, did, did Villa win? And uh, we're talking plus 325. I like that. Odds. That's really That's good. Some, them some odds. Yeah. Good value in that. Brentford. Good value. Worth a sprinkle, Amy, for sure. <laughs> and what, which other one did you have Worth there? a happy ending. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously at Amy's and Charm's house with... <laughs> Wait till Amy's kids hear this podcast. Oh, yeah, my God. No kidding, yeah. eh? No, I told you guys that Jack heard the beginning of, of the one you guys recorded, and he was like, 
mama this is the one that you're on <laughs> it's like yep <laughs> were you saying that in a way that wow these guys are really cool i didn't know you were that cool that, that kind of way or? I, I was really happy too that he found out the word knob was another word yeah, for that's right and then at, at the same time i was like well you're 13 and you don't know that knob is another word for penis. yeah like, what's wrong with him come on well he is at french school so i think maybe it's oh, no bad yeah <laughs> with an accent aigu. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want more that there for us, Amy? Apparently, you want more than one bet. So, hey, well, take over the show. Why not? So, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, let me go back to fixtures here um, and the table. So, what about um, implications for top four for looking at Spurs? Well, wait, what do you want to do with Wednesday, Spurs? Right? You're. What do you oh, want no, to it's... do with Spurs? Because <laughs> JC is going to get all excited too. Oh. Go West Ham. West Ham against Bournemouth. After that, your mm. Europa Conference, whatever that means, win last uh, in the week there against Ghent. Yeah, big win. <laughs> yeah. Ghent. I've been Ghent. to Ghent. It's a great place. Went to the beer festival in Ghent. Mm. I think all the players did in the second half too. <laughs> <laughs> So where are we? Who are we talking about here? I don't know. Let's go with what Craig just said about West Ham. You like anything okay. in that game then, Craig? I just like that because they're gonna they got enough goals that I think their confidence will be flying high. They've got a couple of results in the league as well. A little bit uh, calmer. Plus one seventy to win that one. Mm-hmm. Bournemouth at plus one seventy five, so it's almost evens for that one. Um, as far as who should be favoured. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Bournemouth they keep surprising me though, right? They've won two straight games. I think they've, they've won three or four. They're stubborn men under Gary O'Neill, at home especially, right? But A draw might be a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can go for the draw, no bet, right? Mm. Which means uh, you, you pick West Ham, but if they draw, then you get your money back. And that's yeah, minus that's- 115, so that's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. I got that for Villa, actually. I put Villa, tie no bet, plus 104, so plus money. Just because, um, yeah, listen, Brentford, they're, they're, listen, they've struggled recently. I know that. But again, a team that just constantly surprises throughout the season and at home, really good team. Um, so I could see a draw on that one, but I still think Villa will edge it. But you cover yourself that way at plus 104. Mm. Football's, football's tough. Tough to get right all the time because of the, just the nature of the game and not a ton of goals. I'm actually doing a little mini, mini series um, at work on uh, – how to bet on soccer, actually. Oh, you are? Yeah. They're, they're, you are? Yeah. It's very, yeah, <laughs> I sound so surprised. <laughs> well, because I know about your your thriftiness and your $1.50 bets. Let me so. tell you, when I, you want to know something crazy? All right. And so I, I've been, like you said, been betting all season, right? 50 bucks I started with on my account. Yeah. I'm up to 400 now. Wow. Right? Can, that's little That's bits, so impressive. Just little, like $5 at the most, two, generally, like really small, but... I felt really confident that Edmonton's going to beat the Kings. Very confident. Yeah. Like really confident. So a, a friend of mine who's a, a degenerate gambler, but quite successful, actually very successful. He You're says, describing you know yourself, what? aren't you? A friend of mine. <laughs> I know a friend. <laughs> no, this guy drops like, like a grand on a bet type thing. And then, oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, he says, you know what? Best advice is go with your gut and then hammer that bet. Mm. So I've put so because I've done so well this year, right? Four hundred bucks from fifty, nothing to lose yeah. really. It's just eight hundred percent. Not life changing uh, ROI. I put two hundred bucks on Edmonton to beat the Kings in the first Ooh. round of the playoffs. Two hundred dollars. Now, if you told me a year ago I'd do that, I would have said you got to be crazy. And I'm, pro- I'm shitting myself. Do you have a problem? No. I, well, we'll find out. Know your limit. Play within it. I know. Well, that's um, why. See, I'm, I, it's free money. Yeah. Well, use some of that four hundred bucks to put a hit out on Phil Deneau, and then that might free up Connor McDavid a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) great, great call, Amy. mm -hmm. I know. Still, without Connor, I mean, listen, they tied it up. Yeah, Leon Drysaddle. Drysaddle's just the the man of the moment in in the playoffs, right? Yep. Holy shit! Oh, and you guys want to know who I'm picking this week? No. Oh, I can't believe you'd ask me. Um, Water, I was, I was Water, getting there. Who are you picking this week? Philadelphia Union and Toronto FC on Saturday. Toronto oh. FC has been drawing nonstop, but this is their breakout week. Insigne is back, and they're at plus 410 playing in Philadelphia. Four to one. So mm-hmm. there's my bet. 
five dollar on TFC. Did you hear that Bernadeski is questionable? No, but I don't care. I have a good feeling. Two dollars <laughs> on a dollar eight. Two dollars does big ceiling. <laughs> you know what's difficult here is that usually I can tell when Craig wants to interject because he starts his mouth starts moving a little bit. Mm. But I can't. <laughs> Wait, what the hell is that? I hope that's your finger, Craig. It's I hope like that's a little, your finger it's too. It's like a little ET finger that oh just emerged. God. All I see is the peak of the hat yeah. and a little finger now. So it's, I can't read the room. So ET, go the, home. I think that's his finger. <laughs> Better be his finger. Forest, find home. Yeah, it's always my finger looks finger when it's closer to the camera. That's right. Have you been in the pool? <laughs> Good old shrinkage on Craig's finger. Um, anyone else want to get bet in? JC, do you have anything you want to? Yep, Jay's got JC, and he's done pr- well. Actually, it's been a rough week, hasn't it? I think. Uh, no, I did. I did well last week. I was up. Uh, quite a bit and then yesterday i kind of went nuts and i lost everything yeah. but not everything but i do have i i have a, a a sleeper pick um that uh james won't like but yeah. the payout is insane uh so i'm going with uh forest to trounce liverpool in a in a big upset what's the what's the what's the what do you have odds wise on plus 1800 for forest to win Oh at my Anfield. goodness! Put, I I put two bucks on her. See, there's a reason why the odds are that way, though. Generally yeah, speaking, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But if you look, uh, there they've both lost the last uh, well four well, games, roll, three man. three four games. No, Liverpool won six one against Leeds. During the oh, week. what the hell am I betting on? I don't know. <laughs> oh no, Liverpool! I was looking at Brentford. Klopp's oh no, Liverpool has they the haven't year. won in four games Who? in the Prem. Liverpool. In the, in the Prem, they haven't won the last four. It leads six one. When? Like Monday or something. <laughs> oh right, it goes yeah, the other way. Ah shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> JC's lock bucks. of the week is probably going to be a dud. It's going to be one of those rusty locks. Was, that goes was on Jimmy on texting those... you that? You needed to go heavy <laughs> on the <laughs> No kidding. Rusty lock on a fence that has no key. <laughs> well, That's that right. wasn't a happy ending. Man, but JC to back you up, JC in fairness. Yeah. Liverpool have lost one game at home this season. Oh. So, there's that. Let's make it two. <laughs> well, Forrest, uh, you points there. You take half a bus ride. Relegation zone, right? Yeah, they're desperate. Yeah. Hey, before go. we go, before we go, um, who who's, who's feels less, somewhat less complete having their, their blue check mark taken away? Who had a blue check mark before? I know Craig did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> never had Maybe one. You know, never had one. No. Uh, Wonga, do you have one? Oh yeah, with my six hundred followers. No. No. JC, <laughs> I, 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 I would give myself a check. Okay. No. You, you, well, you can now for eight dollars yeah. a month. I no. can't afford that. I lose all my money in betting. There, there's people out there that ninety-six dollars a year this. for a blue check, and we're not doing that. But piss off. I got to invest that money in streaming to watch soccer. Yeah, no yeah. you need to be verified on Twitter really to feel complete. Some people do, I guess. If you've got a check mark now, blue check mark, sorry, but you're a twat. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you which is actually you- saying now that if you go and buy a check mark, what does that it's, say about it? Says a, I, I think it says a lot about you. Yeah. Wanker? Wanker would be Wanker. a yeah, yeah. Wanker mm-hmm. twat. No, you also use yeah. the word numpty, which I N- also numpty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. a great one. Yeah. So don't do it. If you're yeah. thinking about like it. Like that guy in the end, Alfonso Davies Lee's jersey. <laughs> or his name was Al, uh, Al Davies. Could be his <laughs> name. You, you're jumping to conclusions. Yeah. No, is there anything worse though? Like, I mean, I don't use numpty, but I feel pretty confident in, in applying it here. Like in at the Bell Center, you will routinely see adults wearing like, say, a number six jersey. If you're a Habs fan, you're a hockey fan, that, that's Shea Weber, right? But somebody putting their own name on the back. Mm. Like, no, don't do that. Mm. Right, right. The worst. Yeah. I just don't want to go too far down that road just because maybe he's listening to the podcast. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. He's no, got a blue check mark for sure, that guy. I have a bit of, a bit of an issue with anyone, grown 
at all. Oh, I thought you were just going to stop with anyone. We know. We know. I didn't have a problem with anyone. <laughs> That's not the charms I know. <laughs> charms. Uh, before we go, I just want to say uh, Craig is doing an interview with our buddy from CBC, uh, Peter Armstrong, about the business of sports. Uh, so look Emma? for that. Yeah, supposedly on CBC.ca and the National coming up soon. Oh, it's Peter right. Mansbridge. No, it's Peter Armstrong. But that's uh, <laughs> joking. Yeah, uh, but Peter Mansbridge now does commercials for a equity bank thing. I thought for him. Reverse mortgage, like Tom Selleck. Mm. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to throw that out, and also that Amy got. Uh, someone thought she looked thirty-five. Yes, you thing. guys. Tell us that story. Oh, there's no story really to tell. I was at an event on Tuesday where actually Patrice Bernier's foundation with, and Ali Jerba's foundation, two former national team players for Canada, were giving out uh, bursaries to young kids in, in sport. And so I was there because actually I, I was a recipient of a bursary from the same organization. And somebody there asked to take a picture with me. I'm like, sure. And then she's like, I found out how old you were based on when you received your bursary and I thought you were 35. It's like, what? <laughs> wait, wait. I mean, my year. You're not 35, Amy? Charms. That's <laughs> much. Bursaries are better than bursas. That's for sure. Than bursas? That's a sweet talker. You want a bursa. Isn't a bursa like a, bursa? a growth in your bone? Like a calcium build? Oh, like a bursa. Because, because bursa? You're, a, you're like bursa. <laughs> Is it bursa? Yeah, bursa. Bursa. Like, like a bursa, bursa sack? Bursa. B-R-S-A? Yeah, like a bursa sack. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, the, yeah, the, the bursa sack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bursar. It's right yeah. beside Wagger's mail sack. As opposed <laughs> to a, a burst sack is even worse than a bursa yeah. sack. Bursa sack, I had one hanging out of my end of my elbow doing pull-ups. Mm. And it popped and it went like the size of my ass on my How elbow. How many pull-ups could you do? Uh, mm-hmm. I could probably pull out 10. Now or, or back in the bar. day? No, na- back in the day I could no. do 30. You do 10 now? Yeah, I could probably do 10 now. You see, you challenged me to do push-ups. I want to see you do 10 pull-ups. No, I don't have a pull-up bar. Get me one. I've got one somewhere. I'll bring it over. Hey, soon Juan will be wearing (laughs) pull-ups. I I am. (laughs) I already am. I am. Um, All right. um, All those Premier League games, by the way, and, of course, the CPL weekend to come, you can find on FuboTV.com. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back on probably Sunday night. I imagine. Maybe maybe, we'll, we'll... we're going to talk about the Sunday night show. Maybe we'll do it Monday mornings. Yeah, it's weird. I know we like Sunday night because it gets us together and people seem to like the Monday morning release. Uh, like the Monday morning release. <laughs> Who doesn't like doesn't? the Monday morning release? Oh, your face as the word was coming out of your mouth and you're like, oh, I can't believe I was so smart. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Maybe yeah. we'll ask people when they think the best time for our schedule is for around our, our listeners. Yeah. It's just something nice. You know, it's often difficult to get us all together. Family time. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, we'll like figure it. things out. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a poll actually on Twitter. Just mm-hmm. asking you what your, your, your perfect podcast days to, to listen. Yeah. Great idea. Let's do that. All right. Monday morning you release. 45 or 35? For, <laughs> there's the picture. <laughs> No, you're no don't hag. do that, Paul. I don't want to know the answer. You're an old <laughs> hag. Hey! <laughs> That's like the Seinfeld when he's chasing after the lady with the old, with the bread. The bread? <laughs> Screw off, you old bag! Some marble rye, Wong? Marble, marble rye, rye. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, someone made a joke about Seinfeld this week, and I realized you know, most people have no idea now what we're talking about because that show is, what, 25 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Well, there you go. You date Brilliant. yourself with your cultural reference points, I think. Now, you know what it was? I've, I've got a Kramer t-shirt. You know the, the frame portrait yeah. of Kramer? Yeah. Right? And Tony, she goes, does anyone even make any comment about that t-shirt anymore? I said, no. No one knows even what, who he is. It's too bad. But you anyway. do. So that's why you wear it. I laugh when I wear it every time. There you go. Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll start, I'll start watching Love is Blind. That's the new one. Love is, is also show? on Netflix. There's a little short series called uh, Bad Sports, and it's six uh, basically mini documentaries, 45 minutes each, of sports uh, drama and like hmm. 
Yeah, really? really cool. Yeah. From around the world or North America specific? It's, uh, it's around the world. The first one is actually really sad. It's about a guy who went around killing horses for money in the upper elite equestrian level with well, the richest people fun. in the world. I watched that with my daughter. Yeah, she'd love that. Horses. She'll love like that. Horse assassin? Yeah, horse assassin. He was horse called assassin? The- the, the horse sandman, they called him. <laughs> I, I didn't manage to kill that horse. I was a real horse's assin. <laughs> All right, Chris, we'll do this interview now, so we should go. All right, everyone, yeah. thanks so much. Uh, yeah, we'll chat to you Sunday night or Monday morning. Who knows when, but uh, we will be back. Unless something terrible happens over the weekend to us. Bye. Keep buying newspapers. Cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Oh, God. That's really good. That's really good, Amy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.